Hello and welcome back. This is an additional podcast this week because I wanted to talk about and share with you about one of the saints who was commemorated during this past week. His name is Saint Peter Claver and his feast day was Wednesday the 9th of September. I always have great delight in celebrating the masses of the saints And even if there is an optional memorial, like this one was, I tend to celebrate the Mass of the Saint because I have found over the years that people really relish knowing the stories of the saints. Of course, they are encouraging to hear about, as we might put it, our older brothers and sisters in the faith who have made it to heaven. To hear about them and how they live their lives how they grew in holiness, what trials and sufferings they endured, what work they did for the Lord and for the Church. It also gives us an opportunity to learn the history of the Church. And as we have seen a number of times recently, if people do not know history, then they're like people walking around with amnesia. And they're so easily open to manipulation. Of course, when it comes to the history of the church, there are many people who don't know the history of the church, both within and outside the church, who criticise the church, not only unfairly, but incorrectly. And I'd like to point that out today as I tell you the story of St. Peter Claver. So Peter was born in Catalonia in Spain in 1581 and at the age of 20 he entered the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits. Now we must remember that the Society of Jesus founded by St Ignatius Loyola was only a few decades old and it was absolutely blossoming in the church because there was not only the uh, work to be done in England, with Jesuits secretly going into England under Edward VI and then most notably under Elizabeth I to keep the Catholic faith alive. But they were also involved in the mission to the New World, to South America, to Central America as we call it now. And about a hundred years later, the beginning of the 1600s, to North America because they were French Jesuits going into North America. So Peter joined the newly formed Society of Jesus. After completing his studies at the University of Barcelona, he was assigned to the Jesuit house in Mallorca. And there he studied philosophy and was given the task of being the doorkeeper at the college. Perhaps not a very elite or illustrious role, but he did it diligently and well. One of the other Jesuits there at the house in Mallorca, Alfonso Rodriguez, sensed that the true vocation for Peter was to be a missionary in the New World, and he encouraged Peter to fulfil that vocation. And so his Jesuit superiors sent him in 1610 to what is now Colombia, and so he arrived in the port city of Cartagena. 
After his ordination six years later, he spent the rest of his life, except for a few years at the end where he was ill, as a worker with the Negro slaves. He laboured on their behalf and attended to their spiritual and material needs. Now here's the part that's interesting for us today with all the cancel culture that goes around in our world at the moment. The slave trade, that is bringing people from Africa to be slaves in South America, and of course later on in North America too, had been flourishing for almost a hundred years. And Cartagena was the central clearinghouse where all the ships landed. Now slavery was never approved by the church. In fact, several popes explicitly condemned it. And most notably at this time, Pope Paul III and Pope Pius IV. But as we know, what the church teaches is not always done by every member of the church. So in this case, those engaged in the slave trade saw it as too profitable, even if they were Catholic, to stop it. And so it continued. So what Peter did, and what many others in the church have done over the centuries too, is to respond to the need, to look after those poor wretches who were brought from their homelands in Africa to be slaves. So what Peter did was he, when the slave ships arrived in Cartagena, he brought fresh food so that the slaves could actually have something to eat. He cleaned them up. He dressed their wounds. If they were sick, he organised medicine for them and also organised the best comforts that he could on the slave ships. But that's not all. He instructed the slaves and told them about Jesus Christ, whom many of them had never heard of, and he baptised many of them into the faith. When they were sold and went on to their other places, he followed their progress and kept track of them, even when they went far afield to the mines and plantations of South America, and at times he would defend them from oppressive slave owners. Over the years he organised teams of catechists who spoke the many languages that were spoken by the slaves so that they could be taught the faith. He also worked in hospitals, looking after the lepers, and he also visited prisons. For 40 years... He did this work, and it is estimated that he baptised more than 300,000 slaves. Naturally, he made himself unpopular by his work. For those who profited by the slave slave trade, and also the rich and powerful, opposed him. And these were people both within the church as well as outside it. But there were always exceptions. There were rich people, particularly rich ladies, who supported his work with their money, and so he was able to continue. In 1650, and this is another connection with our current times, in 1650 St. Peter fell ill with the epidemic, 
that was raging through Cartagena, a little bit like what's happening around the world with the pandemic of the coronavirus. Falling ill to the viral infection, it was his condition was compounded by also developing a degenerative disease. And so for four years he couldn't do his work. And at this time, during those years too, he was assigned a servant to look after him, but that servant was very unkind to him and treated him neglectfully and brutally. But St Peter did not complain, but accepted his sufferings as a penance for his sins. Because he had stopped doing his work when he died in 1654, he was mostly forgotten and mostly abandoned, but there were a few who remembered his work of mercy, and eventually he was given a state funeral. He was canonised in 1888, along with his former companion, St Alfonso Rodriguez. From his life and his deeds, but also in canonising him, we can see that the Church has a strong message to say to the world of all times that the violation of human rights and racial injustice can never be part of the Catholic way of life. And let us also rejoice that while there were some who did not follow the Church's teaching about the immorality of the slave trade, that there were some, and probably more than those, like St Peter Claver, who followed what was right and what was good and spent not only their lives but also their efforts in combating this great evil. May St Peter Claver pray for us.